What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes of Corn podcast, where you get to see life through the eyes of yours truly, Corn, where every day is a great day to create. And today is a very special day. But I say that every time you listen to the podcast. So it's always special because of you. But today we have an amazing guest, the original Podfather, the person who got me on the podcast wave like for real for real you know i I was listening here and there and i was doing all these types of things but he was like he 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 trusted me to be the social media manager for his podcast what what an honor what what an honor but today we got none other than the uncle carl carleon wilson everybody give a round of applause for my man what's good everybody uh first of all happy to be here um you know we'll get into you know our relationship but Nah, my man been solid since day one. Appreciate you, man. You know, and and, and I, I don't like to toot my own horn with the Powerfather thing, but sometimes I feel like I have to because people, people forget easily, bro. Forget. You know, the Manifest podcast was one of the, you know, we're going, this is 2022, so we're going on three, almost three years now. We were one of the first ones to really do it how we did it. And then yeah. now you see a wave of everybody doing it similar. Like the apostolic, you know, content, you know, geared towards, you know, the the uh, the middle age and by middle, 18 to like 30, yeah. you know, type of thing. So, but yeah, I appreciate the uh, the invite, bro. Man, no problem. As y'all know, we're going to get into some good conversation. Um, me and Carl got a lot of stuff in common. He He's he's a master of the creativity, you know. He's just, it's, it's hard to be there. I'm trying to be like him when I grow up. This man cooking, playing instruments, doing doing all things church media, like all things church media. He's holding it down. So, you know, we're gonna have a conversations. I hope you hope you guys enjoy. We're gonna just dive on in. Carl, if you wanna just tell them a little bit about, I guess what you're doing right now, how things going. Maybe we can hop into some testimony and all that good stuff. Um, but just so y'all know, this man that y'all about to listen to, he is educated, like for real, for real. This, this dude know what he's talking about. So I, I'm gonna let him tell y'all his credentials because I don't want to mess him up. I don't know if he a doctor, a master, a BA, all that stuff, uh, MS. I don't know all these all this stuff on the end. They they be getting wild, especially in California. But you know, I'm gonna let you hold it down. Um, just just take your time, talk about what you want to talk about. Let's rock and roll. Okay, well, uh, I'll introduce myself uh, a little bit. My name is Carleone Wilson. People, most people call me Carl. You know, that's a uh, real simple and easy to say. And then the first question after I say my full name is, oh, does, does anyone ever call you the Don? Yes, all the time. <laughs> like literally since middle school, uh, people have called me the Don. Um, but but yeah, so I, I was born and raised in Missouri, um, not too far from Cornelius, you know, probably yeah. about what, eight, eight hours, seven, seven, eight, seven, eight hours away? Yeah. Because you're in, well, you're in, you're in Southern, Southern Mississippi, right? No, no. I mean, Southern Alabama. Alabama. Alabama, it's, right. it's central. We like it's three central? hours outside of Memphis. I don't know how okay. far Memphis was from where you are. I think it's like five four hours. Four. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So right, right at eight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, we're not too far from each other. I got a lot of family in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. And then I moved to California about this 2020 uh, in 2014. So yeah. right after high school, I moved here to California and I've been, I've been here ever since. Well, I moved back temporarily for one year, went to Bible college, didn't work out. I know that's such <laughs> an odd story because, you know, most people go to Bible college and stay for sure. But now yeah. I went 
It wasn't for me, so I came back to California, and then um, what Bible going. college did you go to? If you don't I went want to, to, if you don't want to disclose the information, you no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I went to a Bible college um, named Christian. It was St. Louis Christian College, mm-hmm. and it was uh, connected to um, Gateway, which is known as Urshan today. Yeah. Um, and so they had a, like a dual program where you could get accredited or higher accredited classes at St. Louis Christian College, but then also graduate with some type of a ministerial degree um, at uh, or at um, Gateway. Yeah. So anyway, um, I did that. It didn't work out. And, you know, it just sometimes that happens. Right. It just things just don't work sure. out. And so I always wanted to go not always, but for the most part of my life. I wanted to go into therapy of some kind. And my dad, he does that currently. Uh, he's been doing that for a while. But anyway, so um, I graduated from Barstow Community College which, college with an AA in psychology. And then I graduated from um, UCR, which is University of California, Riverside, uh, with a degree in history. I know mm-hmm. it's like a weird combination, but long story. Um, and then now I'm currently in a master's program um, at UMass um, for, um, I'm basically getting two degrees, um, mm-hmm. to be a, a marriage and family therapist, and then also to be a licensed professional counselor. Um, and so I'll be done here in a couple of months. Uh, I walk in May, I'll officially be done in like August. Um, and then I'm going to start, I, I got, you know, a long road ahead of me to be like fully fledged in the industry as far as therapy, but you know, going to work my way towards that. Uh, probably going to work at my dad's uh, clinic here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I also uh, am the section, uh, section two, SoCal section two hyphen coordinator. Um, I coordinate all the events for hyphen in my section, which is the Inland Empire, which is like Riverside, San Bernardino, um, you know, that whole Inland Empire, you know, desert type area, you know, right outside of LA, basically. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and then I also am the hyphen um, creative director. So I serve two positions on the SoCal hyphen team, um, the sectional director, but then I also am in charge of all the creative aspects, um, graphics, video, photo, um, and being, you know, I, I think one of the smartest things you can do is to realize, you know, where, where your limitations are. And so with me being the director, I put, you know, and, and put people in place that know more than I do in certain areas as far as graphics or video sure. or photo. And so I just sort of direct that. Um, I do dabble in photography and videography. Uh, I do that on the side, um, mostly weddings these days. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really, yeah, yeah, I'm just, just dabbling. <laughs> but then I also um, am starting to get into short films as well this year. I, I just shot one actually. Um, last weekend and so that's kind of my goal eventually is to transition from weddings which is like it's it's the money maker people get sure. married all year round and then you know it, you could you could pay 10 grand for a wedding photographer you know at the mm-hmm. most um or you know but anyway um so that's the money maker but then I, w- I would like to get into the point where i'm making money but also doing the stuff i like to do i like weddings but I really love being able to tell a story. And that's why I did a podcast for so long is mm-hmm. that uh, streaming together a narrative to the point where even though someone can't like, maybe they can't see you or maybe they can't reach out and touch you or see what you're seeing or feel what you're feeling. You can still 
put together this narrative and this story to the point where they do feel like they're there or they do feel like they understand exactly how you felt in that moment. So that's a little bit about me, podcasting, uh, content creation, um, future therapist. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's really me. That's 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 a lot. Um, but, you yes. know, that that's how you how, how old are you? Twenty six. I'm 26, my bro. Yep. Yeah. That's how you put 26 minutes into five minutes, bite-sized. Oh, and um, I, did you still want me to share my testimony? or? or, or? Yeah, man. Go If you want to go into a little well, bit of that, why not? Well, just real quick. Um, <clears throat> um, mom grew up in church. Uh, my dad didn't. He didn't get saved until he was like, I think, 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, you know, they, you know, when he got to church, saw my mom at some event, and he was at, at the time he was PAW. Mm-hmm. I know people in the South know what that is, PAW. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my mom was UPCI. But anyway, they, they did a couple of joint events, <clears throat> and he was one of the ones leading uh, that and organizing those events for them to come together and congregate. They yeah. saw her, you know, they they fell in love, got married, uh, and I was born in 1995. Um, grew up in church most of my life. Uh, why am I saying most? I'm saying I meant most is in my life isn't over. So, yeah. you know, grew up in church, you know, um, you know, as a, as a very young kid and went to one of the biggest uh, influential churches in the Midwest, which is called APC, Apostolic Pentecostal Church, right there on Barracks View Road, uh, pastored by uh, uh, Pastor Stephen Williford. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you go back to the history of the UPCI, a lot of the founding members and uh, people who were part of that first movement either came out of that church or were associated or related to people from that church. So yeah, I grew up there and then my dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot. And so my formative years, I I had to find out quickly how to sort of keep my relationship with God because uh, without there being much support Uh, in, in the sense of like, a lot of kids grow up their whole life in one church, right? Um, I spent a good portion of my life in one church, but then um, I moved around quite a bit between the ages of like, I would say 10 to 10 to 17, uh-huh. 10 to 18. Um, and so I had to, I went to a lot of churches, a lot of schools. And so my relationship with God, um, I had to foster it in a different way than, than most people. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm in ministry um, today because I had to make choices, you know, that different from my peers. Yeah. Um, my ministry today, I, you know, with with the media ministry, I didn't even say I, I I'm the director of, of uh, media at my my own local church, and that's my area of ministry. Is um, I used to do music as well, and mm-hmm. I consider that I consider that to a certain extent media. Um, yeah, for um, sure. but yes, so I, yeah, I, like I said, I had to make different decisions than my peers in order to cultivate my relationship with God and sort of put myself in the best possible, you know, way to succeed without there being like, you know, most kids grow up with the same youth pastor yep. the whole life. Right. I didn't have that. Um, up until recently, I didn't have a pastor that I felt like I could go and talk to and foster relationship with. Right. Because mm-hmm. We know we didn't stay that long. You know, I had Pastor Williford, but you know, we were back and forth between his church and other churches, right? So we would 
move to we would get stationed somewhere for a couple of years and then move back to St. Louis and then get stationed somewhere else and then move yeah. back. So it was like St. Louis was like a like a, a depot, like a it's home like depot. The hub. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um, you know, uh, but then when when I when I hit high school, for most kids, that's when you really got to figure it out. You know, um, whether you're serving God for your your parents or your peers or you're doing it for yourself. And so I found myself in that predicament as well. And I had to just figure it out. Um, I had a lot of good people to help me along the way, but, you know, it really taught me how to be um, depending on uh, dependent on God, where yeah. I didn't have that um, support like other people would have. But but yeah, man, that's I, I don't want to, you know, drag it all out. But that's a little bit about, you know, my background and my ministry. And um, I really, really enjoy media ministry and being able to be someone who's a part of the flow of the service mm-hmm. um, and how things go and limiting distractions and really fostering this this uh, environment where God can really move. God can move anywhere, any place, yeah. but at the same time, you know, the person on the soundboard needs to make sure, you know, there's no crazy buzzing or um, there's no, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's not flickering lights and, you know, and so be, becoming adept at that and directing a crew you know gives me really really good um it, it, it grounds me in my ministry being able to be yeah. a part of a crew like that so um yeah that's that's where i'm at bro that's what's up my pastor always talks about he went to the philippines one time and he said it's it's, it's, it's a lot different from being at church in the air conditioning and all those types of things and then he likens that to the church when we first started our church is probably like 36 years old now and when mm-hmm. the first church first started, I mean, you just got a washboard and you're going to sing those hymns. You're going to do what you got to do. But it makes a big difference when you have a band that's playing music and you have sound and you have air and all that stuff. And at every level, you can serve God like you can. Like it's it's, it's not a question, but on certain levels, it makes it easier. It's I mean, it's no excuse, in my opinion, it's no excuse to not be able to live for God in the United States. I mean, that's just that's really what it is at the end of the day. Um, we we blessed to be in the best place. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now, for real, for real. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's a blessing to be in the United States, being born here. Um, my dad was in the, the Navy, too. So, well, he was in the Navy. Another thing we have in common. Your dad was in the Navy? <laughs> no, he was in the Army. Okay. Wow. So my dad was in the Navy, and we moved around, too. So in this church that I'm at now, this is our hub. So we always came back. And it's the place we all came back to. And it's a place where I learned how to foster a real relationship with God. It's a place where I learned everything. And fortunate for me, I don't say unfortunate for you, but my dad got out of the Navy earlier in my life than he did for than your dad did. So I was able to spend like my 13 to like 20s, like actually learning and stuff at the church. We were at a different church, but I was still around this church enough to actually still learn and grow. So it was really a blessing. Right. And one of the things my pastor talks about is he talks about the vine. Um, well, not my pastor, a guy that came to our church and preached at a conference that we have. He talked about the vine. He talked about how the church is everywhere. The church isn't just one building, isn't just one place. And the church isn't just one body. The church is connected. It's intertwined. If you go into the jungle and you see the vine, if you look up into the canopy, it's all connected. And it's some spots in there between there, but everything is connected in a certain way. You don't know where the root is unless you trace it all the way to the back. But 
in the church, you always trace it back to the roots in Christ. And that's one thing that churches have across the the country, across the world. That's one thing they all have in common. And with that being said, um, with organizations and all this stuff with church organizations, you start meeting people in different places. Like I got friends that they, they never understood how growing up in schools, I went to predominantly black schools my whole life. And they never understood how I had white friends. It was like, they, it, it's just, it just wasn't real. Like in, in this, in their vine, there's nobody white. There's nobody that doesn't look like them. And for me, my whole life, I grew up around people that didn't look like me. It was like the thing that was the most important thing to me was not what you look like. It was like, do you love God? And right. then we can start, we can start from there. So mm-hmm. that was, that was always a blessing for me. And as you get older, you start going to church conferences and you start meeting people across the country and uh, I remember when I first, I won't say I first got my camera. I may have had my camera probably a year and a half, two years at this point. I was taking it everywhere that year. Like every <laughs> every single conference I went to, every single place I went to, I was taking pictures. Yeah. And I was at Arkansas Camp Me, and this guy was sitting in front of me. He raised his hands, and then I took a picture of him, and it was like the golden shot. I was like, oh, snap. He's like a silhouette on him. And you see the quiet, the choir and everybody behind him. And I posted that picture, and like, Three weeks later, the guy DMs me. He's like, hey, man, can you send me that picture? And I was like, yeah, bro, I'll send it to you. And it turned out it was Logan. So that's how me and Logan first connected because I took a picture wow. of him at a conference. And this relationship kind of fosters. I see him at this conference and in this conference. And then he made a post for you or for both of y'all because y'all started to manifest together about social media. And I was like, bro, I'll help out. And then, boom, me and you on a Zoom call. Well, me, you and Logan on a Zoom call and Thus, we have a relationship now. And it's all because I made a decision to live for God. But really, that's that's like that's how we met because I made yeah. decisions. Yeah. And that's that's kind of crazy how divine works. So that's so cra- I did not know that story, bro. That's so dope. Yeah. And I think it even it even points us to another area where it's like, you know, I got put into media ministry because there was a need, right? Mm-hmm around and i i've I've only been taking photos and stuff and doing this seriously for two two and a half years Mm -hmm. um but i did it because when COVID started we needed to start a live stream right and so i started learning about camera and i started learning all this stuff about you know content creation and that's how my business came to be but also it furthered you know our church and everything right but you know a lot of people i think don't operate off like if you don't there's two areas if you operate off of need right and and you submit right because my Mm -hmm. pastor basically he depended on me he's like can y'all figure this out you know you know what type of funds what type what do we need to do to figure this out right because our church you know even like we weren't super techie you know and then when COVID happened we went super techie which i really appreciate but before you know it wasn't really um wasn't really a need but anyway there's two there's two types there where you where you there's a need and you follow it you submit to that right which is my case and mm-hmm. then there are other people who just have a natural knack for it right and you know it just so happens that they end up uh people see their work and they end up taking photos at a youth convention or at a whatever whatever right but my point is like in both cases if you if you are not in the will of god like those situations, they just don't line up for you, right? That's right. They just don't line up for you. Um, me at the point where I am today, only two years into creating media, 
is because I submitted, you know, and, and, and I I saw that there was a need and I, I knew that that was where I, where I needed to be. I was actually at a, at a crossroads with my ministry. And I believe mm-hmm. I told this on the podcast before. Um, I was doing music, but I was getting to the point where I was playing guitar and bass. And I was getting to the point where I was getting frustrated all the time. And it was becoming more of a job than it was a ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was at a crossroads. I'm like, and, and for some people, if your relationship isn't strong, and at that point, mine wasn't, you know, if you lose your ministry, then it's like, okay, what am I coming to church for? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're not doing that thing that you do every Sunday or every week, if you if you can't do that anymore, then what are you there for? That's what a lot of people feel like, right? Yeah. And I was getting to that point, getting to that place, and then boom, there was that opportunity to transfer from one area of ministry to another area and to really be a help and a blessing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, just those those moments they don't happen by accident you know what i'm saying they don't happen like us meeting yeah uh and us connecting they don't happen by accident and they don't happen you know when you're not when you're not doing what you're supposed to do you know what i mean yeah. and, and we know what that means um so that's super dope bro i didn't even know that story that's crazy yeah. you just took a picture of logan i didn't i didn't even think about how y'all met but yeah. for everyone listening Logan is my 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 best buddy, and uh, he and I started a podcast together called The Manifest, which Cornelius helped out on. Mm-hmm. And we, man, we had a great run, bro. It was cool. me, you, Janan, um, Victoria Navarro. Uh, who else? We had a few people that came and went. Andrea Alvarez, yep. uh, one of my other buddies. Who else was up? Who else was Joe on there? was on a podcast helping out. That's right. Um, Man, I can't even remember. Yep. It it was it was it's been a but while. But the the core the core was me, you, yeah. Logan, uh, Victoria, and 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 Victoria Navarro, and uh, Dallas hopped in too. That's Close right, to Dallas, Dallas hopped in too. But yeah, yeah man, the podcast was, t- was such a great experience, and uh, every moment I got to to do that podcast, I was grateful because it spurred moments of ministry in other areas for me. Yep, people are. People are, are asking me, I, you know, I can't say too much, but people are, are today asking me to do seminars and stuff at their churches because of what I did in the podcast realm as far as content creation and how that led me to other areas, right? And so yeah. just being able to be in this in this field mm-hmm. and ministry all together is so dope, bro. And I'm super thankful for you. You know what I mean? Like no one got paid. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> no one got paid, bro. I Look, mean, we. I think if we had a, if we were all in slightly different places in our lives, because towards the end, we all got super busy, bro. Yeah. We all were, and Logan moved. The whole mm-hmm. dynamic changed. But if if one other thing had been slightly different, that thing would have been it would have been crazy. But again, it went the way it went, and mm-hmm. we're still all flourishing and doing well. So. Sure. Yeah, man, that was a blessing. That whole experience was so dope. Yeah, it was crazy. My pastor, I always use the words of my pastor, but my pastor always talks about passion-based ministries and everything that we do at our church is passion-based. So mm-hmm. where you have a passion, if there's a need, you can start something. And like I said, I was just a kid walking around with, cam- with my camera. The only reason I got a camera is because I want to be a YouTube vlogger and I was trying to go ham on YouTube and get famous and become I don't even know who I was looking at. It, I didn't like Jake Paul and all those guys, but I wanted to be, I guess, the apostolic version of one of them, be somebody yeah. like that. 
but that wasn't the move and God had other plans. So I, I did my first photo shoot. I did like a Christmas, some Christmas cards or something. I was like, the first thing I got paid for. And now they, like, they was like, can you do these photos? I was like, I mean, I'm not really a photographer, but I mean, I guess, I guess I got this camera. Why not? Let's try it. So I did it. They was trash. Hot garbage. I still got them in my Google Drive folder because I look at them like, man, look at what yeah. I did. <laughs> but <laughs> what he brought you from? <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes you got to look back so you can know that you're blessed right now. But um, all that, all of those times of me just using my camera, it opened up a place for where I saw that at our church. We need, we needed social media. We needed photos. We needed all this stuff done. And I kind of like talked to them about it, started taking pictures. And they was like, "Yeah, man, just do it. If you want to take pictures, take pictures in church. Let's let's do it." And I'm first off, I'm super grateful to have Pastor Day even like was open to that because I know that's that's like that's foreign to a lot of places. But to yes. expand the kingdom in the way that I think the kingdom is going to grow in the next, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say five to 10 years. It might be in the next three to five years because it's it's happening rapidly. Um, one thing, one thing, like I remember posting like my first photo set from like a conference, like the creative style. I did like when you had the, the carousel, I threw a picture on the front and you swipe and it was like the pictures were still going and it was like yeah. connected through the images and people's like, whoa, this is crazy. And it's just something I learned from watching people that are creative on YouTube already. I got that from you, by the way. I started doing that recently, and I got that from you. I saw you do it. I got that from you, bro. Man, people, people, people said they got it from me, but I got it from somebody on YouTube. <laughs> and I, I guess I was the first. I don't. Need, I don't want to call myself a pioneer, or whatever. I, I saw it and I did it, and I, I implemented it to church culture, and I started seeing other people do it. And I was like, man, this is cool. It's like, what else can we do? And me being a graduating with digital marketing i'm always on the i'm trying to stay on the cutting edge of what's going on in media and social media that's my specialty that's what i graduated with so i'm learning all these things every week every time the instagram algorithm and all this stuff is changing and i remember when reels first came out because they were trying to adapt to be like tiktok i was like okay right let's let's try this in church media so i threw like a preaching video of uh, evangelists we had on there and i didn't even i didn't put it on the page but i posted it on the reel just to see, like, I was like, if the people going to catch it, only if they know how to catch it. Right. And then I realized, I was like, hey, let me not hide this. Let me actually try this. And then, bro, we gained, like, I want to say probably a thousand followers on our church page in, like, six wow. months from just doing that, those types of things. Wow. And it was like, it was, I wanna, it was crazy. But then I started seeing everybody posting reels. And not that I was, like, the first person at a church to post a reel, but when you in a place where people know like what you're doing, like it, you're going to make strides. That's just how it is. So everybody hopped on, bro. And now, like, if you look at, if you go on social media, like everybody doing reels on it for their church page. You can't do a church conference without a reel. <laughs> you, you can't. At this point, you can't, bro. That's it's so expected. Wild. Yeah. I remember at peak last year, we did HGR reels the whole, the whole week. And every reel hit like 25K views. And everybody was like, whoa. I think I remember seeing those. That's the Holy Ghost Radio, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of like the start of like conference reels for me. Um, I'm still super uncomfortable doing like church video recaps. Um, I'm super. I'm I'm really comfortable in photo. I don't. I'm not super comfortable as a videographer. But I mean, I guess what where do you feel in that line? Like, do you feel more comfortable in video or photo? Because I see you do a lot of both. It's hard to say. I, I, if I'm being honest, video is more rewarding to me. For sure. 
because like I said, I, I'm so I'm so passionate about creating a narrative or you know what I always tell people, even my clients, like even I this is what I tell them. I said, I'm not that creative, right? But what I can do is help you carry out a vision. So if you come to me with a vision, I'm talking about like uh, short short film and document uh, um, documentary uh, clients, like the ones I've had lately. Yeah, yeah. If you come in with a vision, I can execute that. I can add to that. If you give me something to work with, I can make sure that becomes like the best version it could possibly be. And that's how I've operated as a creative director in, in mm -hmm. hyphen at hyphen. But photos are come so much more natural and easy to easier to me. Um, but I feel like my real passion is, is video. I love yeah. photos. It's even even in that narrative thing that I'm talking about, you know, they always say, uh, what is it about a picture speaks a thousand words or whatever it is yep. like that's so true, right? The composition, the lighting, all those different things, the emotions that because you're capturing like an emotion on their face as you're taking that photo. Right. Yep. So I love photo and I'm, I'm pretty good at it, but I would like to transition one day to where videography is my main thing because I'm so much more passionate about it. Um, yeah. And I want to get into creating short films and documentaries and really like having an impact um, in a couple of different stratospheres, including the church. Right. But yeah. man, I love video, bro. Like I've invested so much, you know, over the lot, you've seen all, all my gear bought recently yeah. over the last, like maybe six months, I invested so much into videography because that's where, that's where my goal is. Yeah. So, I, I was listening to um, a podcast and, just staying up to date on digital marketing. And they, they were having a conversation because in 2022, well, last year in March, Instagram said in 2023 that 96% of their content is going to be video. And everybody was like, that's crazy in March of last year. Mm. But now they've updated the interface like six times since that time. And now reels are primary when you go to the same places that you went and they're pushing like video content. Yeah, that's right. And the reason they start pushing that is because things that move draw the attention of humans. Um, in a study, they talked about how a long, long time ago, I don't know all the specifics and stuff, but when the reason our eyes are more adapt to things that move is because we have to be hyper aware to stay alive. So in a place where there's a lot of predators, you would survey a landscape and you would look right. out to see what there is. And the thing that is very interesting about life is that the things that sustain you are always in the same place. So you always know where to get them. So the water is always going to be where the water is and the trees that support it and grow from are always going to be in the same place. And the trees are stationary, but the predators move and the prey move and the things that use what there is of the land, they move and we need what's in the land. So we move too. But mm. If you're looking in the safari or wherever, I don't know, and there's a line moving across the landscape, you are adept to it. You know where it is and you track it to make sure that you're safe at all times. And the same thing with your phone. So you put your phone in your hand and you're watching and you're scrolling through Instagram. See this picture is cool. You see this picture is cool. But then, boom, you got this video moving or this preacher running across the screen. It's like, oh, let me stop and let me draw into this content and see yeah. what's going on. So that's the reason that people... Not saying people are drawn to video, but the reason that video has become dominant in the last couple of years is like because you have to you have to gain people's attention to even be relevant at this point. Um, and that's for businesses. That's for individuals. If you're really trying to do anything well, you have to know what businesses are doing. So 
the reason I post the way I post is because I'm trying to market myself as whatever. But yeah, and, and, if, and if you think about it, all a video is is a thousand or a hundred thousand images stitched together. Yep. Right. Just a bunch of so, frames. Yeah. So with photos being such a uh, such a big deal, now we're adding more photos together and creating some semblance of of motion. Just like you said, I can I can totally see why that would why business models would push that. Right. Yeah. Especially the short ones where you can do so much in such a short span of time with all these different kind of crazy transitions and music. Yeah. And that's what I'm really focusing on is. Like you talked about that post production. That's what I'm like. Whenever I do a scene, of like, for example, my, my short film I just did. Uh, one scene is a girl. She's her, her footsteps are walking. Her feet are walking across some snow. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just watch that and it looks cinematic, oh, that's cool. But if I were to add the sound of snow being crunched on yep. and to hear birds in the back, it just adds so much more, right? Yeah. And so adding layers is what people are doing to these short fifteen second one minute you know clips so yeah i totally understand why people why business models would, would push that because you can fit so much more and you could tell a, a much broader story with a 15 second clip than one photo you know so yeah that's 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 wise nuggets right there from carly on y'all better you, I, hope, <laughs> I, I hope y'all had y'all pin out for real because <laughs> this man has been dropping dimes i'm, I'm like oh, listening okay. to what he's saying i was like oh i'm gonna I'm crop that put that on instagram i'm gonna crop that put that on instagram <laughs> So, you know, also, let me plug my Instagram real quick. Isaacorn.podcast. You need to check it out because it's content is going to be dropping soon. Well, by the time you listen to this, content is already dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, um, at the end of, um, I don't know if you got anything else to say. I'm trying to start heading towards the, like, the wrap-up. But um, towards the end of every episode, man, I give whoever is on the podcast or if I'm doing it by myself a minute to two minutes to just tell a young creative like anything um like bro really literally anything you take your time tell them speak to them um obviously like majority of the audience this this podcast is young christians so i mean the 18 to 23 year olds people that are ready to take the kingdom into the next level so i want to speak to young christian content future content creators Mm -hmm. Here's what I've learned in my short time of doing this. I mean, I'm I'm going to do a very huge conference. It's called Exodus Conference in April. Um, however many thousands of people are going to be there. Um, I just did HYHC, which is a holiday youth convention, uh, and now adding hyphen. Huge event, so much production going on, and I, and I led the team, you know, and I had about 15 to 20 people working up under me. So... I'm saying all to, saying all that to say, I've got a little bit of experience with managing and, and leading young people, and so what? I, this is what I want to tell you. What I've noticed, um, man, you've got to be patient. Um, a scenario that happens, like like in mine, right, is a combination of godly events, saying yes to God. Um, being in right standing with people who are above you and below you, um, being in right standing with them. It's a combination of those events and then really just putting forth your best effort. That's what happened to me, right? That's how I got to where I am in such a short amount of time. 
What I can tell you is that that may not be the path for you. So I really, really encourage you to be patient. I've come across so many young people because now I'm at the point where I'm the one who's deciding whether or not these young people um, get on the team to help, right? And, and, And you have to have some type of discernment when it comes to that. Can this person add to the team? Well, and then the most important question is, what I've learned is, will this help or hurt their ministry? And unfortunately, I've had to say no to some people because I felt like it would hurt their ministry. And what I mean by that is getting something too soon or getting something without working hard enough or putting in enough enough effort or enough work can hurt the person by creating a sense of entitlement. And you can jump in any point here, Cornelius. I just wanted to say, you know, it, it can hurt someone by creating a sense of entitlement. It can hurt them by creating a sense of of of, of uh, pride and and to the point where you're being used, but it's not helping your ministry. And I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. There's 20 people that could take the same photo as you. I'm sorry. You're not <laughs> you're not so special to where. You know, the person who's who's uh, picking the teams, if they don't see your relationship with God is developing and it'll help you to be a part of this team, they can easy, easily say no to you. And I've been said no to before, right? Because either my heart wasn't in the right place, I wasn't further enough, I, I didn't show I didn't show initiative. There's so many things that go into that, right? But while you're being patient, don't let that discourage you. That's the second thing. Don't let that discourage you. I think that What's for you is for you, right? I mean, and we don't have to get too biblical. Go ahead, Cornelius, you want to say something? Okay. Um, we don't have to get too biblical, but, but what I will say this is, you know, you have God's absolute will, right? His perfect will, I, I should say. And then you have his permissible will. And unfortunately, we operate too much sometimes in his permissible will to the point where you're making decisions outside of what God wants, but he's still trying to get you to, to a certain place. So he's moving this thing around, adjusting this, when really we should just be on the path and, and, and in the will of God as he wants us to be. So be patient. Don't get discouraged. You're going to get to the point that you need to get to, right? But having a sense of entitlement will get you shut down quicker than, than anything you can imagine. I, had a, I won't say too much, but I had a young lady who had a sense of entitlement and and she had the makings of a good photographer. I had to say no to her, um, because I felt like at that time her helping on the team would not add value to her ministry at all. It just wouldn't. So as a young content creator photographer, if you're in your local church and you're helping, be patient, and don't let what you consider a setback discourage you. It's not really a setback. It's a part of your journey. So. Um, yeah, man, that's, I have a passion for training up the next generation, and I really, really want y'all to do well, and I know y'all can do well and even be better than what I've done. I want the next person to be younger than me. I want him to be so much more talented than me, so much more deeper in his ministry than me, but you, I'm looking for those people, right? I'm training up that next generation, and if y'all just take heed to some of these words, y'all are well on your way there. If you're 11 or 12 right now, you're well on your way. If you're 14, 15, you're well on your way. So, yeah, man. That's that's wise words. I, 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 I coined it or I said it at the beginning that 
what you was gonna hear was gonna be it. Um, this what you just say it. I mean, that's that's everything. Let's just be honest. Like, if you're a young creator, you if you've been creating in ministry already, you know this. Like everything that was just said, you already know that it's 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 nothing new. It's like you learn all these things as part of. I don't want, I want to call it the trick of the trade, but the the part of the evolution of ministry that's that's really what it is. Um, if you're doing anything for God's kingdom, if you're doing anything in the kingdom of God, you're learning how to do that as you put in time across the across years. And it's a blessing that I mean, you said you've been doing this for two years. It's a bless. Well, not this specifically, but media, church, uh, photography, and all that stuff for two years. It's a blessing that in such a short time that you've been given the right circumstances, the right pressure, the right refining tools to be able to elevate yourself in such a short amount of time. Because people, I mean, you can talk about that musicians, anything that is art, like um, it's, 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 it takes time, yep. but it takes wise time. It's yeah. not just, it's not just random time. You don't, you don't become a great pianist by going on, just dangling on the keys every day. Like you have to dangle and do everything the right way. You got to learn how to do it yep. the right way. You got to be surrounded by the right people to elevate you because when you first sit down and play a pian on the piano, if you can play Mary Had a Little Lamb, you think you're the goat. You think you got it. But then you hear somebody play Mary Had a Little Lamb with chords. Then you heard people start hearing people do it with jazz and all these different right. types of ways. It's like, oh, I can learn something from everybody now. It's not, I don't, I don't know everything because there's a lot of people that know a lot more than you. And like you said, it's 20 people that can take the same photo as me. Yep. As like, me. Like, I'm, saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not special. Yeah. Like, I'm just a kid that got a camera and I had a good heart. That's what everybody said. I had a good attitude. That's what people said. And I, I could work well with the team. So if you're adding value and you you add chemistry and cohesiveness and you already locked in at your church, like, come on, guys, that, that's the principle. You want to be involved in something bigger than your church. You want to be involved in something bigger then what you're doing, you need to make sure you're locked into the kingdom. We talked about the vine, like you got to be connected to the root because if you're not connected to the root, it's, it's no cohesiveness. You're just doing Frankie you. Taylor, Frankie Taylor told me this a long time ago. Um, he told me, and Frankie Taylor's my, my, uh, my uh, hyphen pastor slash uh, associate pastor. Well, at this point, he's an associate pastor. Um, if I don't see the fruits of of your skills and your ministry at your local church i can't see them on the district level i can't see them on a sectional level i can't see them on a national level if your church photos on your on your website or on your instagram aren't the type of quality that you know you can produce i'm just giving a practical sense and then you want to work on the section team i know you can create great photos but i don't see that represented on, on your in your local church if you're not investing in your local church that's a quick way to get to for someone to say no to you. That's a quick way. So invest in your local church, um, all your skills, all your passions, really invest in your local ministry and all the other stuff, districts, sectional stuff, national, that'll come. Yep. That'll come. So it comes with time. You yep. gotta trust the process, like Joel and B said. Trust the process. Trust the process. And and if you're a young and upcoming photographer, last thing I'm gonna say, no, you if you're a young and upcoming photographer like Cornelius was going to certain events and taking photos. If there was, well, I'm talking about back when you were young, right? I'm still if there young. Is, that, that's true. <laughs> if there is a professional team there, do not get in their way. 
can I just can I just respectfully respectfully ah uh, can I just give y'all that last nugget your photos you know are, are they're for you personally right and that's cool and you're holding in your craft but if there's a team in place stay out of their way because <laughs> I tell you what the people who are on the team they remember that years down the road oh you were that kid who used to get like bump me while I'm trying to get a great shot to get a, a get a better shot yep I remember that so that's the last thing I'm gonna leave y'all with stay in your stay in your lane excel where you can and know your place don't be like me I, I was I was the kid I went to a wedding in my church I brought my camera I was not the high photographer and I, I'm telling you I'm all in the aisles grabbing all the shots don't don't do that don't do that don't please, don't be that guy please. please if I could go back and tell myself anything I'd be like hey man let, let, let the professionals do them talk talk to them after if they got some free time because it's busy at a wedding so get that yep. get their number see what you can do see what you can learn from them when they're not busy and work and you're hindering their work and you're hindering their shots don't yep. be that person yeah don't don't be like Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it I, I i know i know the person that i probably did this to gonna hear this too and that's why it's so funny but they taught me so much like after they seen me being annoying and trying to be in the way it's like okay this kid really trying to do something let me let me let me give him some nuggets and when you pick up those nuggets people see that you 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 taking that stride and yeah. i do the same thing if i see somebody trying bro i got you like don't worry about it but you gotta you gotta be doing something but you know yep i agree bro that's that, that's it y'all Unless you got something else, Carl. I feel no, like man. Good. I just I just want to thank you, bro, for being a great friend, being a dope person, dope human being. Um, you know, giving to 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 ministry the way that you have on, on the on the East Coast. I mean, the West Coast. We definitely see it. And um, yeah, man. Personally, I appreciate you, bro. So man, you know, appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for hopping on the podcast, taking some time out of your day. You're busy, man. You're in school getting your master's. You're working for the church. You're doing hyphen creative director stuff, working on. You got probably, I'm pretty sure you got enough stuff to be editing right now. Yes, sir. Let's, let's, let's not even let's not even joke. I got stuff I need to be editing. Yep. But um, hey, appreciate you for making time for real. This It, it means a lot. Um, thank you for hopping on, speaking in, dropping all these nuggets. I'm, I'm for real, bro. This was really, really good. I know it's going to be beneficial to whoever takes some time to listen to this. Um, and then to the people that's listening, thank you every week for tuning in. It means a lot to me. Um, I know I talk about it every time, but last year when I looked at my Spotify rap and I seen all the different countries represented, it's like, oh, it's people really like listening to this. This just means something to somebody. And people that are asking me, like, hey, man, we're going to drop another episode. All that stuff means a lot. So I'm grateful for every one of you, 100%. Um, yeah, man, we got we got a lot of good stuff coming. Um, if you want to plug your social medias and your website so people can take a chance to look at everything you got going on, do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, most of y'all are, are probably all over, but I do travel. I do, I do destination weddings, destination events. Uh, me and Cornelius, you know, we're talking about something right now. But you can follow me at the Uncle Carl, my personal and then my uh, professional page is uh, ccwphotos underscore. And then my website is ccwproductions.com. So, yeah, I mean, I love to work with y'all. Um, you know, anything y'all need, hit up Cornelius first. And then, 
you know, if you can't afford him, you know, come to me. So I'll have everything linked in the show notes for you to get a chance to contact Carl. And once again, everybody, thank you. It means a lot. Um, I'll see y'all next time. That's the, that's the outro. It's it. Just like that. It's over. The episode's over. Make sure you take out your pen and notepad and go back and listen to everything he said and write it down. It's over. Adios, amigos. Or I don't know how to say it in French. Bye in French. Bye in French. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Au revoir. That's what it is. Au revoir. Yeah. Perfect.